Hello and welcome to Beyond the INC, where we're celebrating our 18th episode. Yeah, we're the plucky underdog podcast that just won't quit no matter how much you try to ignore us. We're feeling refreshed and relaxed after a week off. And we've got loads of good stuff to bring you this time. Yep, we're going to be rounding up the band's preview of the album on Steve Lamac's radio show. We've news of how Iberian Idiocy saw the band's own record label leak one of the new album's best tracks. And we'll talk more about our album playback night, an evening with Beyond the INC. And finally, we'll be preparing a pot of salted boiling water for Mr. Cabbage Head. I have no idea what the hell that means, but my god, it sounds good. So, let's forge ahead with another vegetable-threatening edition of... Beyond the INC. Beyond the INC. It's been a big week for Keen News, with the band revealing two unheard tracks on radio this week. We'll be giving them some in-depth analysis in just a moment, but first, let's talk retail. That's your, your special subject now, Chris. Yeah, I guess it is. Um, Keen have launched a new shop where they're flogging pre-orders of the new album bundled together. With a pretty 80s looking shirt. Pretty awful looking shirt, if you ask me. Well, it looks like it should come with a Keen branded Alice band. Anyway, more importantly, the shop also reveals details of the deluxe version of Perfect Symmetry, which will feature a DVD strapped to its back. Like supplies on the back of a Sherpa's mule. Yes, the, the extra disc will feature a full commentary from the band on each of the album's tracks, a featurette about Tim Rice Oxley's experiments in sound, Plus a documentary on the making of the album from one of the band's many talented filmmaker friends. Yep, the main CD will also feature a CD-ROM section, just like the mid-90s, um, featuring a demo version of Perfect Symmetry in a video of Tim interviewing Tom. I don't remember the mid-90s featuring a CD-ROM section. Anyway, that sounds good. Uh, it'll cost you a few quid extra, but I'm sure it'll be worth it. Yeah, the shirt's a bit extra too, but you can probably leave that unless bright red is your colour. You ginger bastard. One piece of late-breaking news here... Keen made their live comeback at the Royal Opera House this evening, Tuesday the 2nd of September, at this year's 2008 GQ Men of the Year Awards. They opened the show with a blistering performance of Spiralling to a rapturous reception from the magazine's guests. To top the evening off, Tom was presented with his 2006 Band of the Year prize by Sir Elton John, which he missed out on collecting due to his stint in rehab. Bravo! Beyond the So, let's move on to the music, which is the reason we're here. It's Keen appeared on their old friend and broadcasting legend, Steve Lamax's peerless radio show on BBC Six Music on Bank Holiday Monday to speak for the first time together about the making of the record. Yep, in addition to playing Spiralling, which we hope you've heard by now, um, they give a radio debut to the first proper single from the record, which is The Lovers Are Losing. They then followed that up by slapping down the first radio player better than this, which we would also expect to be another single from the record, but in a few months' time. Yep, so so what do we reckon then? Well, starting with The Lovers Are Losing, uh, Chris? Well, I mean, after the bombast and, you know, the big fanfare that was spiralling, it seems a bit of an odd choice for a single, really. I mean, it's fairly inoffensive, it's a nice breezy summer song, but... It's anodyne, it's, uh, it's keen by numbers. It um, is a bit, isn't it? And it, it next to spiraling, it seems a bit of a shame to release that. See, I am. Um, I've been away on holiday this week, um, so I had the chance to to listen to the tracks on Six Music with a few friends on the Monday afternoon. Sort of, you know, sit gathered around the TV playing board games, um, and we didn't. We missed the introduction to the song completely. So the first time I knew it was on was when it was playing, and um, my friend Adam turns to me and he says, uh, "This is Keen." Now. 
as far as I'm concerned, that's wrong. When a single gets played on radio for the first time, someone mm. shouldn't turn to you and say, this is Keen. Yeah. Someone should turn to you and say, is this Keen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what Spiraling did, wasn't it? Exactly. Um, is it any wonder? Atlantic, people hear that and say, really, is this Keen? Um, but with this, it was immediately obvious that this was a Keen single. Um, very much by the numbers. Yeah, it's something I wouldn't be surprised to have heard in 2004, maybe even as a B-side, like, like Thin Air was, yeah. really. And the thing is, this is not to say necessarily that it's a bad song. I think no. it's, a, it's a breezy single, as you said. It's, it's, it's Keen. Al- it's so an album track, though, isn't it? It's something that slots in between the other it's, tracks. It's, it, it sounds like Keen, so, I mean, how, how could it fail? They sold millions of records, but when you slide this in alongside Spiralling, um, it's like a, a changing down a gear. Um, I think I, I can remember sending you a text during the week. Um, I think you've got it here. Um, uh, the Lovers Are Losing is Mars Better Than Filler from the last record. Um, put it behind you or leaving so soon. It, it's just not a lead single. Um, I, I love this. Uh, it, it's like a first date where she comes out in low-cut tops and she's witty and she's provocative and sexy. And, and that was spiralling. And then here's the second date and you discover that actually... Uh, she likes staying in and stamp collecting. <laughs> um, I think I was drunk when I sent you that, but probably. Um, I f- yeah. Um, what else did I say? Um, yeah, it, it's a Duff single. Um, the plan of an experimental single followed by something safe should have been ditched when it turned out the spiraling was actually a huge, huge song. Yeah, I've got. I think that's probably the reason why they did go for the lovers are losing yeah. because they were probably expecting spiraling to sort of backfire, and, and they probably didn't realise how how well it would go down and how popular the song would be. I think that's been shown out with the way that they've fiddled the... Well, not fiddle, fiddle's the wrong word, but the, the way that they've worked the release dates so that um, The Lovers Are Losing is now going to be an afterthought after the record comes out, yeah. rather than leading off a week early. Yeah. Um, Spiralling is obviously considered good enough to sell this record through on its own. Yeah, because The Lovers it, Are Losing was meant to be the 6th of October and then they put it back to the 20th now, yeah. a week afterwards, yeah. So on that basis... Um, I think we're. I do think we we feel a little bit disappointed, um, but I mean, it, it not about the album, but more about the choice of the single. I think. Yeah, definitely, and I think we'll address that when we come on to better than this, which is the other track they played. There, there is some other some other interesting stuff though. Now that we've, we've we can break the song down a bit, Chris. Yeah, I've been playing it quite a bit on guitar and on drums, and I've got to say it's a lot of fun to play live. Um, yeah. it's, it's definitely sort of a musician's song. It's something something that's so much fun to play, and something which if you're you're used to playing songs it's it's fun to sit there and, and work through it but perhaps less fun to listen to I don't know I think it'll be a grower yeah another interesting thing I noticed actually when I've, when I've been cutting this up and playing around with it is that it doesn't seem to stick to a click track so the tempo of the song varies it, it speeds up and slows down yeah that's right I think it's sort of played naturally rather than playing along to a computer track or, or anything so uh, maybe that says something about the way they've recorded the album that it has been sort of more natural and and you know one of the, one of the criticisms we've said about in the past about Keen particularly their live show is how it kind of how it's been sort of pinned down by the robotic everything. nature of it yeah and, and this song isn't like that at all if um if this is an example of the, the freedom that they've got now, um, seeing the rules change like this is, is fascinating. Yes, it is. So, we're not overwhelmingly positive about The Lovers Are Losing. Um, it's not so much that we hate it. It's it's just not as exciting as Spiralling. It's solid, but nothing more. Hmm. How about better than this, then? Well, this is the second track um, that they played, um, which you can hear in the background right now. Um, 
and we have to say or, or at least I, I speak for myself but I know Chris agrees with me I, I love it um, it's it's brilliant a great song um, the first thing you'll hear is Ashes to Ashes in there um, if Blondie inspired the last track then you don't need to be a musical expert to hit Ashes to Ashes in there um, but it's it's much much more than that it could be very easily dismissed as a Bowie ripoff but it, it's not no I mean I think it's it's definitely one of Keane's strongest songs it's definitely my top five I know that um, just it seems more advanced in the structure and you know the lyrics it doesn't have a chorus that repeats lyrically it, it has different lyrics throughout which I love really it tells more of a story yeah um, the structure's just it's crazy there's there's almost like a second middle eight towards the end yeah and I think really special note is that if there was one thing that Keen have advanced since their first record it's the drumming um, I can remember someone saying that the one of the best things about Richard's drumming was that you could barely notice that it was there. Which at the time, someone tried to pass that off as faint praise by saying, oh, it's one of the best things you can say about a drummer is if you don't notice that he's there. I think Richard himself said that, you know, that he just wanted to get on with it and let Tim's songs speak for themselves. Yeah, but I mean, well, I'm, I'm glad that he's decided that that's basically bollocks because um, this, this his drumming really speaks in this song. If you ever wanted to hear him... Um, making a statement um, with his percussion, then this is the song to hear that. Um, it's the best drumming on a song which Richard would describe as a rocker. Um, songs like Atlantic, you know that we love the we love the drumming on Atlantic, but this the, the middle eight is a powerhouse, just brilliant. I like it. The other thing I like about it is the the anthemic quality. There's there's massive sing-alongs in there. Mm, yeah, this, I think it's the second chorus. I can just imagine a hundred people, you know, or thousands of people chanting along to it. It's, it's going to be brilliant. A hundred people. Uh, an evening with Beyond the Iron Sea. Yeah. <laughs> the whole room going up. But yeah, it, there's, there's plenty of potential for that in there. Um, and lyrically, it's it's fascinating. It's, it's a lot more specific and grounded in reality than Tim's songs usually are because they're usually very disconnected, whereas this talks about phone-ins and soap stars and yeah it's it's, it's not abstract concepts it's, it's very sort of tangible things which is yeah. what i like really yeah it, 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 that to me is almost i i keep saying that something is my, my favorite part of the track but there's so much to it the lyrics are quite harsh as well aren't they really do you think they're aimed at anyone in particular yeah i i don't think it's about anyone in particular it's it's specific but it's still vague enough to be about that general idea um, of people seeking quick, fast fame. Mm. So yeah, it's it's very it's it's non-specific in that sense. Um, unlike the two forthcoming B-sides, um, which are rumoured to be called "Floppy Head Prick" and "Northern Bastard." Mm. Can't wait to hear them. Intriguing. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. But seriously, I, I would have probably preferred better than this to be the single ahead of um, "The Lovers Are Losing." Yeah, me too. I'd, I, maybe that was the reason why they chose to play that one on the, the Mac show. Yeah, um, may, maybe the idea was to keep the two huge anthems apart. But um, when you compare, you know, the likes of the likes of Better Than This with something like like Put It Behind You off Under the Iron Sea, you know, we're, we're, this is this is Premier League stuff now, definitely. And boards very well for the full album. Yeah. Um, it's had a great reaction from reviewers too. Um, both Pop Justice and Arjun Wrights, two excellent blogs, both completely ignored the lovers are losing at first and just wrote about better than this. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's it's becoming increasingly obvious that 
this is one of the one of the big tracks, and yet we've yet to get to uh, Perfect Symmetry, which is meant to be the big track. So it, it just it's the most fantastic way of whetting the appetite for what's to come. Mm-hmm. So um, in summary, then. Um, both Chris and I are head over heels with, with Better Than This. Yep, it's the best thing we've heard from the album so far. Um, and it just leaves us just incredibly excited. Um, but as luck would have it, that wasn't the end of the surprises that came from Keen. Um, this one, however, was entirely out of their hands. Yep, in one of the most freakish and bizarre leaks in recent years, Universal's Portuguese label inadvertently gave National Music Station Antenna 3 the wrong song to play. Yeah, the wrong song. Ouch. Yeah, while the radio station thought they were playing new single, The Lovers Are Losing, the track they actually played was an accidental world premiere of the last song on the record, Love Is The End. Yep, and as luck would have it, dozens of Portuguese fans were waiting with their fingers on the record buttons of their boomboxes. Minutes later, the song was literally all over the internet, including a couple of versions that are now up on YouTube. Yep. Interestingly, they've yet to be removed for a breach of copyright, which indicates that either Universal are all a bit embarrassed about it, or that they're just not that bothered. And I think I know which one I'd go for. Ouch. Yeah, so, so let's talk about the song a little bit. Um, I've been trying not to listen to it, actually. I've, I've heard it one or two times, and it's just an absolute tearjerker. It's, um, it's beautiful. Um, I played this to, to a friend of mine uh, in the car on the way back from my holidays, and he just said it, it's beautiful. The, the only thing he said is it's beautiful. Um, it's probably the most beautiful song they've ever put on a record. Um, I mean, if you thought the bed shape was was touching, this is this is the song to out bed shape bed shapes. It's um, it, it's fantastic. It's all along uh, since I remember hearing that uh, Tom was a huge fan of Rufus Wainwright. Uh, I always wondered how it would work out if if Tom tried to project in the same way that Rufus Wainwright does mm-hmm. and this is this is Tom fulfilling his dream of sitting at Rufus's right hand it's it's a heartbreaking song it's beautiful it does sound very much like a Tom single we think don't we yeah so so yeah um uh, we're not we're not going to go into too much detail on this because uh, as we said it's not meant to be officially out there um but it is it is on YouTube until the lawyers get involved um and it's been left there for thousands of people to hit listen to it so um we're not going to play it on the podcast so if it's if it's still out there on YouTube then maybe go have a listen if you just can't wait and we promise we won't be listening to it again until our evening with beyond the INC and speaking of which beyond the Just in case you'd forgotten, we're hosting an evening with Beyond the INC on September the 25th, when we'll be giving Perfect Symmetry its first public playback. We'll be welcoming you to a secret central London location and giving you the ultimate listening experience and, best of all, tickets are free. If you've yet to enter the draw for your free pair of tickets, what are you waiting for? There's just over a week left now as I speak, Uh, the deadline is September the 12th, so get going. Yep, and the question you need to answer is... What is the title of Keane's forthcoming third album? If you think you know, go to beyondtheinc.com slash playback. That's beyondtheinc.com slash playback. And enter your name into the free draw for a pair of tickets. Full details, terms and conditions 
can be found on that page. And we can reveal that we'll be joined by keen backline specialist, Mr. Mark McDonald, who'll be on hand in the venue to answer all your questions. Feel free to spend all your evening bothering him. He's going to turn up drunk anyway. Yep, he's Scottish. Good quip. Thank you. A way to play off regional stereotypes, Chris. Cheers. After all, I am a coal miner. And I am landed gentry. Anyway, Andrew, myself and Mart are all looking forward to seeing you at our special playback party. So, if you haven't entered yet, go now. Press pause if you need to. You'll find it stops the podcast. What an age we live in. Beyond the We've just got time to round a few things up, and uh, we'll start off with this email here that we've had from Chris from Middlesbrough. Really? What does he want to know? He writes, Do you have any more fun information about Jesse Quinn? He looks so lovely in his pictures. Oh, bless him. Well, as a matter of fact, I do. Jesse Quinn, London's foremost bass-spanking session master, will be celebrating his birthday on September the 4th, which is this week. Many happy returns to you, sir. And we'd be pretty heartless if we didn't fix up some kind of gift for him. So we've decided our present will be a sworn and solemn declaration that we promise, we promise not to heckle him at the forum gig. Not even slightly. No matter how much gin we drink. Moving on, the band have knocked out another couple of promo pictures to accompany the release of the album. And my God, we're sympathetic to the band most of the time, but one of them is as close to a horror show as you could possibly imagine. Yeah, in this one, Tom has an oiled-up quiff with a leather jacket. Richard looks like he's working through a particularly unpleasant stomach upset. And Tim looks pretty cool. In another, Tom looks like Tom, but after a go in the charity store's dress-up box. Richard looks like the artful dodger in a jacket a size too small. And Tim looks pretty cool. You can see the whole set of shots on the official website. Email us with your thoughts if you can work out what angle they're working. We're baffled ourselves. But at least Tim looks pretty cool. Damn right. Another bizarre piece of news this week comes from our friends over at Pop Justice. Yeah, Pop Justice featured a frankly odd news story this week about a band who has invented an imaginary friend of their own during rehearsals, consisting of a cabbage with a face etched into it, balanced on top of a white mug. We swear we're not making this up. Now, the vegetation in question goes by the name of Mr. Cabbagehead and is unlikely to be available for kids' parties. He is, however, pictured next to a drum kit featuring a pair of cream floor toms. And we all know who uses a drum kit like that. Well, assuming it is keen, quite what on earth they're up to, we have absolutely no idea. But we have plenty of serving suggestions in hand. And, do you know, Chris, we just have time for one more thing. Yes, back by popular demand. Keen Beard Watch. Hello and welcome to today's Beard Watch update. And looking at today's beards, there has been movement on the Richard interface, uh, which has been scaled back towards Scraggly from a high of her suit. Analysts put this in the two-week category of non-shaving. Moving on to Tom, there is definite stubble plateauing here, placing him around baby's bottom. That's good news for those who like it bald. A new entry in this week's analysis, uh, Jesse has moved to Manly. And finally, estimates currently put Tim at prickly, yet strokeable. And those were this week's beards.
What a bloody massive edition of Beyond the Iron Sea that was. Huge. Don't boast, Chris. Don't boast. If you've got any thoughts at all, email us on beyondtheinc at gmail.com. Apologies to everyone whose emails we've yet to read out, but we will get round to a big mailbox in next week's show. And on next week's show, we'll be talking videos and looking ahead to what we'll be showing on our big screen at an evening with Beyond the INC. And we'll also be joined by a very special guest of our own, the Average Keen fan. So, until next time, please enjoy yourselves. <laughs> <laughs>